Hello, Monetization Nation. Having an efficient sales process in place can be the difference between a high-performing and an underperforming sales organization. According to the Harvard Business Review, 48% of participants from underperforming sales organizations said they didn't have a strictly structured and enforced sales process. Chris Oakes is a sales process optimization expert. He's currently the vice president and head of sales at Factorial, a marketing automation and customer engagement platform. In this episode, Chris and I are going to discuss how sales process automation can help transform our profitability. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Chris is an entrepreneur, senior sales executive, public speaker, and endurance athlete with two decades of management experience in companies ranging from organic foods, software as a service, online event planning, and email deliverability. Chris is the managing partner of a management consulting company named CKHS Consulting. His company works with small businesses to improve operations, finances, and increase customer base. Uh, projects have ranged from professional services firms to biofuel companies to upscale restaurants. Chris is also a co-founder of several companies, including an organic cold press juice company named Super Happy Juice and an exercise-based mobile app for college students called GymBud. Chris is the former NCAA Division I college football player, has completed more than 50 triathlons, including two Ironman races. Super kudos to that. Uh, and is training for his first ultra marathon, the North Face 50 Mile Endurance Challenge. Welcome to the show today, Chris. That's really impressive. I was uh, I I was waiting to see who the guest was in addition to me, and uh, and then you said my name, so I guess that's going to be me today. So how you doing, Nathan? Fantastic to be here. I am thrilled for uh, I'm thrilled for this podcast. Thank you. Tell me about your business journey. You've done some amazing things, and and I have I have Chris on the show today because he is a sales process optimization expert. And we're going to get him to tell us some of his stories and secrets about sales process optimization. But before we go into that, I, I'd love him to tell us a little bit about his journey. How did you develop this expertise and get to where you are today? Yeah, wow. I mean, <laughs> uh, I... I, I, uh, I, I will caution all of your listeners, do not try this at home. <laughs> it is, I cannot guarantee your safety if you try doing what I did. So uh, when I was a little kid, I was a hustler. Um, I, I loved, I say taking lovingly, I love to take people's money. Um, I sold Girl Scout cookies for my sisters because I was like, well, no, this is great. You're selling, you knock on someone's door, you say you have cookies, they give you money and like you run out of cookies at the end and the wagon's done and that's it. And, and I sold a ton of cookies for them. When I got into junior high school, uh, I ended up selling like just not even charms, blow pop lollipops, but just lollipops. And I sold them for a quarter a piece. And my cost basis was, I did the math, I was all excited, was 4.1 cents. And I was selling so many suckers and making so much money as a 13-year-old that the dean of boys, a little fancy school, but the dean of boys called me into his office 
and wanted to know if I was selling drugs uh, because <laughs> I was making about $200 a week selling candy uh, as an eighth grader and disrupting class. People were coming into Spanish class and, and I'm, you know, doing the, the quick palm of stuff in their head, like it, and I could see it afterwards, but it's like, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm selling suckers and, and, uh, and it's fun. I mean, I, I have no problem saying that I'm money driven. It's a great scorekeeper. Um, and then, uh, and then I went to, and I, I got into college and, and after college, I, you know, I played football and that was a, a fun physical uh, pursuit. But my first job out of college was selling Cutco knives. Um, it, you've either sold Cutco. I like to say you've either sold Cutco or your friend has sold Cutco. Like that's yeah, how many my people. Sold Cutco. <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and here's why you should sell Cutco. The, it, I mean, this is how old we are. 25, 26 years later, the person who invited me to stay at their condo and tell you ride was someone who I knew from selling Cutco. So like free week skiing and tell you ride uh, because we sold knives. So I, I did that, uh, actually had a propensity for it. Um, and I think more importantly, I found out that I did not like not making sales. So sales were cool, but I remember one of the first no sales I had, I was, I mean, I was not visibly upset or I wasn't angry, like go break something, but I was, I was mad and frustrated. And I called up my manager, Sid Jeffcoat's the guy's name. And I'm like, Dave Hamilton buy and this garbage, and this should buy it. This is better. And blah, like all this, I was mad that I could not convey how awesome these knives were for them to buy. And, and I remember this conversation, he, he said, do you, do you never want that to happen again? Make a no sale. I said, of course, of course. And he said, no, like, do you really not want that to, to happen again? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to start teaching you some things. And it was like sales as a process, sales as a science, sales as consumer psychology, sales as behaviors, sales as a methodology. And I'm, you know, a, just graduated college trying to get people to buy a thousand dollars worth of knives by knocking on their door. But you become proficient at it. And I then ended up doing that for 12 years. And when I was finished with that, uh, was one of the top managers in the history of the company. A friend of mine had started a digital marketing data and analytics company called Return Path. It's one of the, one of the first companies in the, in the space. Yep. And, uh, and he's like, we need someone who can build out a process for us. And I'm like, don't understand email. I have an AOL address and uh, that's about it. And he's like, well, we can teach you the technology, but we're having a hard time. And this was an extremely well-funded multi-million dollar company. It's like, we can't find good salespeople because they're just not good. Great. So I did that for a couple of years, built out their entire sales processes, um, had some great success with that, made fantastic friends. This is what brought me to the this current job. Uh, but that was in, I mean, that was in, gosh, like 
that was 2005, 2006. And then I started working for Active Network. So if you've ever done a race or an event yes. or something, you've you've given I'm Active. Signed up for a triathlon. I'm working. For exactly. Triathlon. I know. I'm like, well, I, if I knew this, I would have gotten all these discount codes for my friends. But, um, and and I had a, a sales team of of like 24 people uh, over the U.S. and in Europe. And and when I came in, they were. I didn't know this during the job description uh, in, in the interview, but they had no processes in place. So they had uh, like 12 salespeople, eight account managers, um, some other folks. And when I was, when I was kind of asking, I'm, I'm curious, you know, how is this working? What are you doing? And, and just the things that they were doing didn't make sense. It's like, well, I have a draft email that I cut and paste in a new email. And then I just make the changes in that one. And it's like, well, how often, how long do you take to respond? She's like, well, I, you know, a lead comes in. I, I try to respond within like three days. And, and you're looking at just, you're, yes, you're smirking. Well, at least that makes I, I actually, a great opportunity for growth, right? I, I know. I'm like, this is, I'm going to look like a hero here. And, uh, and, and as a, a management lesson, um, I was, you know, I was two weeks into my job. I did not try to just immediately change. I, I, you smirked. I was, I maintained enough to not even smirk while they were talking of like, oh, okay. And just, but then you're curious because you have to understand the reason why of, it's like, so, you know, I'll, I'll use your name rather than their names. Like, so Nathan, why do you take three days? Well, I don't want to bother them. Oh, Okay, you know, and, and you, but you're now you're understanding again the behavior, the psychology behind it. You're understanding the motivation, and this was happening all across. And then I identified a couple of people that were great, so I took all this fi these findings and just synthesized it and went to my GM and my president, and, and I'm like, here's what we need to do. Like this is a this is a rip and replace. Like this is going to be a transformational change with the company. And they all bought in and they said, fantastic. We, you know, we were actually hoping that this is what you would do rather than just come in and, you know, manage through a spreadsheet or manage through CRM or, you know, well, ask them this and discount it. And, and, um, and uh, so I spent the next month refining, developing this process optimization strategy and then implementing and uh, it was the end of the year when we did it. So we got this in by November, December. And then the next full year, uh, we had a $3 million growth when our, our entire market contracted. So the entire events industry contracted and we grew and we were the most profitable section. Uh, we contributed um, $4 million of profit against a $2 million company profit. So without us, the entire company was 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 not profitable, and, and we brought the profit. We increased deal velocity. We shrunk. We increased average order. We had better you know deal flow. All these types of things, and then um, and then a friend of mine in San Diego uh, said we need someone to do something the same thing for this organic food company, and I knew zero about organic food. It was actually a raw food company, which is like, like no heat, no artificial things. Like it is just, it comes out of the ground. And so I sold nuts and berries and chocolate basically. 
and we were losing, um, we were losing $50,000 a month in revenue. So we were on a negative revenue trajectory. And uh, it took me about three months, stopped it. And then we had 12% growth month over month for the next year. And um, what we did not have, I know this is going to sound like a broken record. We didn't have a process. It was just, we have these customers. We had hundreds of customers and they would just call them up. And it was like, do you want to buy something or this? And, and we couldn't get into big stores. We couldn't get into Whole Foods. We couldn't get into Sprouts. We couldn't get into Safeway. We couldn't get into these big stores. And a lot of the reason for that is when you have these buyers, these big category managers, they get solicited all the time and, and you need to make it easy for them. And you make it easy by doing some of this work. You show them the ROI, you service the heck out of them. And I didn't know anything about selling raw food, but I was great at selling software. And that's value proposition. That is pain points. That is all the stuff that we might get into a little bit later. And hopefully we do. And, um, and, so I created this tectonic shift of how to sell organic food to organic food people. And um, I had category managers come up to me and say, I, I've never had anyone sell me goji berries the way you sold me goji berries. And it made me understand how valuable this is. Yep. And it made me understand how valuable my set is and, and within this and just kind of the highlight of this thing. And he's like, you know, thank you. This was crazy. Uh, most people just sell it the way you're a food broker. And, um, and that was reassuring. I, I was excited about that. And then I started business school at UCLA, uh, graduated with um, a specialization in finance, international management, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Uh, did some time there. And then, uh, as you said, I ran my own sales consulting company. I realized in, in Los Angeles that a lot of people did not know how to sell. Um, they, they got people to buy, but they didn't know how to sell. And that nuanced difference was this key from, we've got some customers to, we can go, we can go bring our, pro our product to market and love the entrepreneurship life. Uh, actually taught entrepreneurship class to, uh, to undergrads um, in one of the business plans. They, they came up to me afterwards and that was Jim Budd and said, we'd love to commercialize this. And uh, so we started working on commercializing it. I had another person with the, uh, with the, with the super happy juice and said, we, we'd like to start this juice, but we, we can make the juice ourselves, but we don't know how to do all this other stuff. And, and it was like, we would like you to be the, the, the head of our company and just let us make juice. So we, we did that and that was fantastic. Loved it. Um, and then ended up back with a company called 250 OK, which was back in the email deliverability and data and analytics space and, and did that for a couple of years. And, um, and then just most recently got hired to be the, the head of sales for Factorial, which was a brand new startup uh, within the marketing automation space. So it was this fantastic kind of full circle of taking all of your life's experiences of what you did and being able to just 
pour that into a single company. So uh, the CEO, uh, Aditya is, is fantastic. I love that guy to death. He's the best, the best CEO I've ever worked directly with. I would love you to maybe go through and share with us what your, some of your secrets and your strategies and your stories of sales process optimization. Yeah. Um, and you can just take the whole rest of the interview answering that <laughs> one question because I really think that's, that's what you have to offer that's going to provide the greatest value to our listeners. That, that's your superpower. My educational background prior to business school is love science. Um, it's a process. You've got inputs, you've got outputs whether that's a math, whether that's chemistry, whether that's some bio aspects, there are, there's levers and there's, uh, again, inputs and outputs. And with Cutco, I looked at selling as a science. And for any of these, any, any bio nerds or just biochemistry nerds, there's a process called Krebs cycle. And Krebs cycle has an output of uh, sugar, ATP, energy. So you're taking sugar and oxygen, all this stuff like that. I might even get right wrong. Hopefully I'm not. But there's inputs and there's things that happen. And then you have this output. And so I, I created that kind of circular output as a sales process. You're doing a presentation. You're building value. You're understanding their need and you're, you're presenting a solution. And, and if you've built value, you're getting a yes. And if you don't get a yes, you're getting a no and a reason. Like here's your objection. And then here's your objection cycle that you, well, this is too expensive. Well, why is it too expensive? Or what don't you understand or this? And, and so as long as you're just kind of following this process, you're, you're, you're solving the things that you need to. Now, the more that you can solve ahead of time via questions or business understanding, and as you're getting into technology or some complex sales cycles, then the fewer objections and, and your process almost becomes linear. Uh, but there's these little circles in the middle of like, hey, we're stuck here on getting uh, you know, executive buy-in because they've got burned once before. And it's like, all right, well, let's understand how they got burned once. So... <clears throat> started doing that selling Cutco. And then you, you work with what you're familiar with. And, and so uh, a thing that I talk about is everything is Cutco. So it's like, well, if you're selling a multi-year, multi-million dollar deal, it's the same steps in the process. It's just expanded out with different terminology to it. And where I've been, uh, I've been great. Uh, and I think it's more of just I, I, I've, people keep me around, I guess, is that you can distill it down to where it's understandable and components within this process. So instead of trying to over complex something, um, you can have it of like, what is the why? So, so why should someone buy your product? And if you can't answer that question, then you haven't done a good enough job prior to that point. And if you can't answer it, you need to go back because you can't, ex you can't advance forward. You don't have the, you don't have the keys or the password, whatever you want to talk about. Um, and 
have you built that, have you built that value or have you built these other steps within these processes? Um, and uh, again, what's interesting about them is, is you're doing that with the customer, you're doing it for yourself and you've got these internal things and I can kind of walk through that steps if, if you want me to again. Um, and then you're also doing it for the customer. So as a salesperson, if you're, if you're reasonable and you have some proper expectations, you, you should have two dozen, three dozen, four dozen companies or deals, whatever you want to, whatever you want to classify it within your pipeline. And instead of trying to remember, well, this one thing is different, you know, you have classifications, you've got this taxonomy of like, this deal is in this stage of the pipeline. We're in this discovery phase. And you're in the phase where you're both mutually making this determination that we should keep talking. Um, you're in this stage now where you have the right to ask this prospect some questions that might be a little probing, or I don't want to use the term invasive, even though I just did, but you're having these questions that they're not going to tell you if you just asked them in the street, like, hey, Nathan, how much are you spending on your marketing stack right now? And they're like, well, <laughs> I'm not telling you what our budgets are. But as you're getting into building this value proposition or you're getting into this justification for why they should use this, you want to understand so that if you're really far off, you need to reset expectations. Um, and this is kind of this, you know, in, again, in Cutco, it was building value of like, here's a thousand dollar set of knives and that you're selling to someone who spent 50 bucks on a set of knives and they have to go, well, why is it worth 20 times more? Like that's an, that's an outrageous multiplier. So if your product just doesn't fit within a budget constraint, you have to understand how the company got to that decision first. So you're now kind of digging in and you're helping them reset the expectation of, you guys think this costs 150 grand. This is 550 grand. Like we need to, we need to stop right here because we can get everyone all enthusiastic about moving forward with it. But if the CFO says, no, like this, this is a non-starter, then we've lost all of this momentum. And so it's understanding these steps within the process and how deep you need to go when you need to cover something more thoroughly, when you need to undercover, uh, uncover an objection, when you need, to, when you realize that this is kind of that blocker, this is kind of that, that thing that's going to stop the deal moving forward. And I think what I'm really, really good at is trying to ask those questions to understand what's driving that buyer behavior. So as I'm selling goji berries to a guy who is the raw food category manager at the Whole Foods in Venice, California, like what he cares about is, as I found out, he cares about leaving every single day at 3 p.m. to beat traffic to drive to East LA. So he comes in at five o'clock in the morning and I asked him and, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I get here at five and, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you. you know, I'll see you in the morning. I was talking to him on the phone and, and he's like, okay. And he just hangs up. And at 5.20, I walk in, let him kind of start his day. And I'm like, I'm here. And he's like, I've never had anyone show up 
this early to do this. Like it showed any, this was the guy He's like, tells me you're serious about this. And I said, yeah. And, and here's why, like, if you need to get out of here, this is going to be X and X and X. It's going to help you with turnover. It's going to help your numbers. You're going to be more profitable. You're not going to have to justify why you leave early. Like you're going to be this, this thing. And, uh, and he's like, no one's ever asked about like, or no one's ever cared about this. All they've thought about is doing like, I need to move this and here's a discount and, and he even tried to get a discount. And I said, well, you know, why is that important? And he's like, I don't know. I just always have to ask. And it was like, well, let me, let's take this money rather than just a discount and, and let's reinvest this into, we'll do promotion for you to drive people within this area to your store. And I will help increase traffic with your store, which makes you sell more, which makes me sell more, which again, gets you all these things that are valuable so that you can leave at 3 p.m. every single day. And he just was, yep, great. Here's 5,000 bucks for a very first order. Just sign for it. And it's like, have it get delivered. And it's like, we're done. And so when you understand what these drivers are, it allows you to go deeper in areas that you need to go deeper. Didn't care about a discount. I didn't need to worry about that or kind of delve into it. He just needed to like ask to ask. And, um, and as long as you're, I, I kind of talk about, you know, it's being curious. Like, how are you curious to understand what your customer is doing or what's driving them? I, I think so few people do that. They're, they're worried about just like, let's drive this thing home and, and get the sale versus how are we helping this person? Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, an efficient sales process can be the difference between a high-performing and underperforming sales organization. Number two, sales should be regarded as a science. The output we get is the result of what we feed into the process. Number three, it doesn't matter if we don't understand a certain technology or are working in an unfamiliar industry. These things can be learned. What matters is having a solid sales process. Number four, before we can uncover our customers' objections and dig deeper, we must first build rapport with them. Number five, strive to understand the core whys of our target audience. If you enjoyed this interview and want to connect with Chris Oaks, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the blog post for this episode. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What strategies have you used to optimize your sales process? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I wish you success in your monetization journey. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.